This morning's scripture is from Romans, the eighth chapter, beginning in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, since we sort of have a baseball theme going today, I'm reminded of one of my all-time favorite Charlie Brown stories from the Peanuts comic strip. Poor Charlie is on the mound uh, at the baseball field, and he's dejected. He's heartbroken. His team has just lost 184 to nothing. I don't understand it, moans Charlie. How can we lose when we're so sincere? What a great question. How can we lose? How can so many things go wrong when we're so sincere? Life has been tough for many of us the last several months. Life is challenging and, and we're sincere. We want to do right. We want to make good choices. We want to be on the right path. And, and the defeat just keeps coming at us and we feel like Charlie Brown as if we're losing 184 to nothing. And it's tough in this season of pandemic, in this season of turmoil, for us to find that victory 
when we feel defeated by it all. Thankfully, the eighth chapter of Romans has a great deal of help for us today. Now, if you are one of our church members who marks in the margin of your Bible when a pastor preaches on a particular uh, subject and text, then you probably have what looks like chicken tracks in the margin of your Bible. Because I have preached from this text, Romans 8, a great deal in my 23 years as your pastor. And I do that because it's so good, because it's so real, because it's so helpful. In fact, I really believe that the 8th chapter of Romans is the New Testament version of the 23rd Psalm. Both the 23rd Psalm and Romans 8 deal with rich truth, uh, beautiful lyrical poetry. Both of them address the head and the heart, and both of them deal with eternal issues and universally concerned issues as people struggle with living, suffering, and dying. And so today, we have some help. And at the very beginning of the reading, there's help for us because we learn the Holy Spirit's ministry in our time of struggle. Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. See, this beautifully speaks of our spiritual longing, of our sense of isolation, of our fear, our weakness, and our vulnerability. And we don't know how to pray, and we don't know what to pray when we feel at such a loss. But the Holy Spirit prays in us and prays for us. But that's actually not all. Our prayer life is actually sustained by the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because down in verse 34, we read that the risen, ascended Christ is at the right hand of the Father, and He's always praying for us. So we have the Holy Spirit praying within us, and we have the Son of God praying for us. How can we lose? And all of that leads us to one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible. Verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. But, you know, one of the problems with a famous verse is that sometimes we get a little sloppy and careless in the way we interpret it or apply it. I believe after years of studying this verse that the new RSV is not the best translation. We often hear or see on plaques, all things work together for good to those who love God. But a careful reading in the Greek text helps us understand that's not what that text is saying. I much prefer the older revised standard version of verse 28 that reads like this, in everything God works for good with those who love him. Do you see the difference? First of all, 
it's not that all things work together for good because things don't work. God works. Notice, in everything, God works. There's a huge difference. It doesn't mean God causes everything. It means that in everything, God works. The second thing to notice about this more helpful translation is that God counts on our cooperation. In everything, God works for good with those who love him. Do you see how we're involved in the providential will of God? Our efforts are required and a part of God's providential plan. I can think of several applications to this. Uh, for example, COVID-19. Uh, as followers of Christ, we don't just passively stand back, cross our arms and say, well, you know, the disease is here. It takes its course. There's nothing we can do. We just stand back and let God's will be done. No. In everything, God is working for good with those of us who love him. We are to roll up our sleeves and to be engaged in making a difference in this time of disease. The same could be said as we apply this verse to our evangelism and mission. As followers of Christ, we don't stand back and say, well, you know, I have my relationship with God, but, you know, it's up to those people. If, if they're not predestined to be saved, then uh, just let them flounder on their own. Or They know where the church is, or they know to call us if they have a need. No, Scripture calls us to be engaged, to be serving in our world, to be outside the walls of the church, to be interacting with culture and with people and sharing the good news. In everything, God is working, but he is working with those of us who love him. We're cooperating. I can think of another application. I'll be honest with you. I'm deeply concerned this morning about mental health of loved ones in our congregation, in our community, and in our nation. The pandemic is taking a terrible toll. It is also surfacing uh, issues that were already there as people struggle with depression and anxiety and other disorders. And sadly, many people still believe that Christians should not seek professional help, should not go to a counselor, should not take medication to assist them. And that's really sad because look what our scripture says. It says that in everything God is working, but we are supposed to cooperate as ones who love him. And that means that God gives us gifted therapists and counselors. And God, through the miracle of medicine, can do wonderful things with medication appropriately administered. And so we need as believers to be honest about mental illness and to say some honest things during this stressful time. It is not a sin or something to be ashamed of to seek a counselor or a therapist. It, it's not a sign of weakness to agree to take a medication uh, to help with those particular issues. Uh, it's not a lack of faith. It doesn't mean you don't love the Lord. It simply means 
that you are cooperating with God as God is working in everything and that we are all struggling together as God attempts to lead this world in his providential will and purpose. And in all of that, in the pain and in the struggles for mental health or physical health or financial stability, we know that nothing, nothing will separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus. Verses 38 and 39 are the crowning of this eighth chapter of Romans. In those two verses, ten enemies to our existence are named. Now, all ten of them are real. All ten of them are superhuman. And all ten of them are invisible. Does that sound like some of the battles you're fighting in your life this morning? Forces that seem superhuman problems that seem so real and, and yet invisible, you can't see them. And that just adds to the misery and the struggle. But in all of that, Paul says, we are super conquerors. We are more than conquerors. And it's so interesting to me that our reading this morning began in weakness we don't know how to pray. We don't know what to pray. We're weak. But it ends in victory because we are super conquerors, not through our own strength, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for us and because of who he is. Nothing will separate us from the love of God. So yes, Charlie Brown, sometimes it does seem like we struggle and don't understand. How can we lose when we're so sincere? And the answer, Charlie Brown, is that even when the score is 184 to nothing, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And that even in loss and struggle, nothing, absolutely nothing, will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. Gracious and eternal God, help us to really hear the gospel this morning, to hear the good news of your deliverance and your sustaining power. Open our hearts to your real presence. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I want to thank you for being a part of worship this morning. We are so very grateful for your continued faithfulness as we uh, minister th through these difficult times from a distance online together. We are continuing online worship only for the next little while. Uh, we will reevaluate at the end of August and we will uh, make sure that we are checking in with the best medical and scientific advice and counsel. And we will make those decisions and communicate with you just as soon as possible. One thing I want to share with you, something new that's coming beginning August the 9th, just as we are going live on Facebook 
and YouTube with this worship service at 10 a.m. beginning August 9th. We will also be going live with this worship service at 8.15 on Sunday mornings. We know some of you are early birds and that might help your schedule a little bit, but we hope that that will just simply strengthen our witness and our presence as we attempt to be Christ's body together, even when we're separated. God bless you and have a great day.